Yo, yo, welcome everybody to another episode of Weird Growth, a podcast where we talk to founders and hear about their strange and unpredictable stories to growth. Um, today we have Adam Barrell, the founder of So Media Group and social media socialite around Perth. So mate, sure, thank I'll take you that. so much. <laughs> thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks for that. Thanks for the invite. And I'm yeah, glad to be here and I guess tell my origin story. Hopefully it's, it's exciting as Wolverine, but um, <laughs> yeah, can jump in. That's what it's all about. Well, mate, please introduce yourself. You're going to be able to do it better than I can. And please tell us what you're working on. Uh, so yeah, so as you said, founder of our So Media Group, and I guess our flagship is So Perth. So uh, I guess as an iteration that's been around, I guess seven or eight years when Tweet Perth was founded. So we can we can I guess park that to the side and go back to that origin story. But um, in its current state, So Perth's probably been around for about two or three years, yep. uh, give or take. But yeah, so effectively we're a news lifestyle publisher, and off the back of the success of that, we've launched into a travel uh, platform as well, mm-hmm. and into an entertainment platform. So binge as well. So we're very busy at the moment and in the middle of a, an investment crowdfunding raise as well. So it's all happening. Yeah, mate. No, I'm keen to talk all about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we get stuck too deep into the story, I've got a little pop quiz question for all you. Right. Put you on the spot a little bit. But if you were to start a new business from scratch today, what would it be? This actually kept me up uh, a lot last night. Definitely something in... Um, platforms and media i think yep. there's a lot of um, scope in that build audience yep um so that's definitely part of it but a video play is definitely where i would yeah. be heading absolutely um video platform of sorts yeah yeah 100 all right interesting what well, maybe a specific kind of vertical or a niche or uh i would say something along the lines of like a, i guess yeah clubhouse but in a, in a video sort of right. format would be amazing i think clubhouse has Gone bananas. It's gone, yeah, ballistic. Simplicity, I think. It's yeah. easy. You can just jump into conversation and, and and easily find conversation as well with like-minded people. Like, yeah. I think that's just, just been made so easy and successful from that, I guess. Um, and the allure of what is it, because you can't get in unless that's you get the whole, yeah. yeah, there's like this exclusivity thing. I mean, I'm, I'm an Android guy. I can't yeah. use it yet. So, <laughs> like, it's only... I mean, it's, pe- it's great, yeah. Yeah. So what, what sort of value are you finding on Clubhouse? Like, for example, you can just, like, jump in on a conversation that Gary Vee's having, as no an example, way. and it's just, like, you can just sit and listen. Um, you can put your hand up and maybe get to speak, but I just I just take fun and just browsing through and listening to all different people talk. Do you get to get on there yourself and chat as well, or is it just you a can- broadcast... Yeah, you can, yeah. Like okay. in the room you can see there's like twenty or thirty different people. Yeah. Or however many there'll be and they'll like people raise their hand and actually like start talking, joining conversations. And, yeah. So you can like ask Gary Vaynerchuk a question and he can swear at you in his New Yorker accent. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that'd be the best. Cool, mate. Um, all right. Now look, I'd like I would like to go back to the start with yep. you. You've got a really interesting career journey and the way that you've built this business is obviously sort of part of that. Um, when did you first experience the power of social media do you can you remember what that was like when you first sort of felt that i guess so when i guess like the power of it actually when it is part of the origin story was when i literally had joined twitter as part of my job at um i was a marketing coordinator at a fashion like uh, fashion company don't really know much about fashion but anyway what was um, the fashion company? It was live clothing back it in the day. It was live clothing. Back in the day oh when they were God. an absolute I used to spend many yeah, exactly. live clothing in Karanup Shopping Centre. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was out there, got hired as the, the marketing coordinator. Don't actually have a degree in marketing at all. Actually, it's mm-hmm. a double major in humanology and sports science. The best marketers don't. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was hired there as the marketing coordinator. And 
I literally joined Twitter because we were signing up to all the different um, social platforms and getting on board with that. Yep. And all the trains had stopped in Perth, which is stock standard in, in Perth, going back um, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Well, when the power goes out, all the trains stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or it's too hot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so everyone's jumped on the news sites trying to figure out how they're going to get home. And like all the other news sites are talking about Brad and Angelina breaking up. Yep. potentially for the 10th time. Yep. Uh, but no one's actually talking about why the trains actually stopped in Perth. And yeah, I'd the thing that's relevant to me right ex- now. Exactly. So I've, I've literally joined Twitter and just jumped on done a Boolean search to go Perth and trains and it was 50 people that actually tweeted yeah. why trains had stopped but no one was talking about it. Yeah, it's so, the immediacy of it. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. So coming from like having built websites like since I was 12, I went home that night and go, if I could build a website that pulls tweets in real time in Perth, there could be some value in that. So I went home, built a terrible website, but it worked. Yep. And I had literally streams of every single person that was tweeting in Perth. So that was Tweet Perth? Yeah, so that's how Tweet Perth was founded. Huh. And that was like, so that was the power of everything. So it didn't matter if you say, hey, how are you going to whoever up the road. Yep. That pulled onto the onto the website. This is, but then this is before you could actually search on Twitter easily by saying, yeah, I want to search Perth. Man. And then it was like, well, there's, but there was no value in that because it was just like streams of activity. It was, it was like you couldn't actually keep up or read what the tweets were. Yeah. And then well, yeah, that's yeah. when I decided to aggregate and go, well, if I put it into sports, traffic, news, weather, and actually like break it down into actually things of merit mm-hmm. and value, then I could essentially like see everything that's happening. In You're Perth. creating like a local stream of what's going on cre- around yeah. town. Yeah. And then I just created Tweet Perth, the Twitter account, and I was just like firing off tweets everywhere and became like the most influential Twitter account. And then that's when I originally, I guess, like saw the power of social media and being able to have that, I guess, like pulse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my <laughs> early Twitter story was probably in 2009 and I was a political staffer. Uh, I was, um, you know, working for one of the early adopters in politics of Twitter. Like Barack Obama had his BlackBerry, like with all the buttons <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah. And so it was like the cool thing to be tweeting from your BlackBerry. And this was before you could actually delete a tweet Yeah, exactly. on your phone. You could do it, but you had to get back to the desktop and log into Twitter on the desktop. Very careful about what you're doing. Yeah, so I had like a phone call from my boss. He'd tweeted like halfway through his sentence and it was just gobbledygook. Yeah. He's like, Cam, get on Twitter and delete (laughs) this tweet. And I was out at lunch, like on St. George's Terrace. So I like left lunch. It was like running down the terrace terrace to get to the office to delete his stupid tweet that he made up, that he (laughs) stuffed up. So, yeah, it was definitely old school days and it's come a long way since then. But yeah, definitely, it's yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah. But I guess, like, the most exciting thing about that once I actually created Tweet Perth was I actually remember being at a, a movie premiere um, as one of the socialites of Perth. You get to go to these perks back in the day. <laughs> social, social. <laughs> yeah, exactly, back in the day. But um, And then I was actually just sitting in the in the cinemas and I was just, like, tweeting away, doing my own thing, and there was actually people in front of me who were then, like, tweeting stuff that I was tweeting. Damn. And that, that, at that moment, I go, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, they don't know who I am. Like, gossip. a whole, like, Gossip Girl sort of thing happening. And I was like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and since then, we've had a US president who did basically 80, 80% of his comms through Twitter <laughs> and ran the country or, the, you know, the, the world almost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Through 140 characters. <laughs> 280 now. Yeah. You also, you came from a big agency background as well? Yeah, correct. So... I was essentially from what happened with Tweet Perth, headhunted mm-hmm. by other agencies right. around town to come come and work for them. So yeah, so yep. I was recently at um, Cara and Densu Densu Aegis uh, yep. as the head of content and head of um, social out yep. there. Um, so yeah, so I had spent a good probably four or five years while I was, I guess, like doing my side hustle of Tweet Perth into So Perth, and then yeah, eventually made the jump. What was it like working at Cara when these big sort of like they'd be big agency type accounts and. 
um, brands and things, I assume. Yeah, it definitely opens you up to a whole new world of thinking, I guess, as to what other brands, I guess, see success and how they run their businesses and what they need to achieve. But what I actually found, I guess, most rewarding was stuff that I was doing on the side, yeah. which was allowing me to sort of experiment on my own and find out what's successful and then bringing that into clients and go, well, I did this, so it's going to work. And then they would see the results and be like, great, let's run with it. And it's the best. That's the best way to build yourself as a professional is yeah. to have that little side hustle where you know you're you know, you've got the sandbox to experiment and exactly, yeah. try things out. And yeah, yeah. There's there's no real issue if I if I mess up a little bit, but you don't want to mess up on a client where trying something that potentially. Yeah. So yeah, that means that those bigger brands are less. They're more risk averse, yeah. so they don't get to do the edgy stuff. So that does create opportunities Correct, for yeah. smaller players, doesn't it? Because yeah. they can. Give it a yeah. bigger punt. Yeah, and then you can say, well, look, I just did it and it worked, so yeah. let's try it. So. Yeah. But I think there's also very much a first mover advantage in a lot of these channels. I mean, in the early days of, say, Facebook, you know, you could acquire new customers for a few dollars. You know, that's, what, that's the way after Airbnb sort of exhausted their um, customer acquisition on, um, on Craigslist, they pumped Facebook and they would, like, target people who, uh, you know, were interested in wine and say, you know, share your room with other wine lovers yeah. and they could actually acquire customers for a few dollars yeah. for the hosts. But that sort of tactic now has just been arbitraged away. Like it would cost you tens or maybe even hundreds of dollars to acquire customers now. Yeah, definitely. That's the cool thing about new channels coming out is it offers new opportunities to new entrants into the market. Yeah, and I think that's where there has to be that good sort of, I guess, like marriage between um, the platform that you're using but the content as well and, and obviously how you're targeting it. Right. So... Um, but that's where I guess, like, from a standpoint of where we are, um, and I guess where so Perth or so Media Group has literally been built by marketers as opposed to like journalists. Mm-hmm. So we're essentially marketers running a, a media platform, which is kind of interesting, I guess, like a publisher platform. True. So um, insight. So insight. So we know when when we're going to engage um, a client, we can go. Well, we have this pool of people that we know have read these certain articles that we can create a campaign and then boost it to them on Facebook, and you're going to get far better cost per click, far better cost per lead, etc. Yeah. Yeah. From us being smart about how we're, I guess, managing our audiences. Yeah, and it's like it quality content which connects with their customers, which is relevant to their lives, and it Correct, creates yeah. that really nice connection. Yeah. So media, so started with Tweet Perth. Yep. How, what was the evolution there from where where you started out yeah. aggregating tweets through to where you are now? So the website evolved, as I said, into those like different sort of categories, mm-hmm. which gave it quite a bit of, I guess, context and value so people could go on it and actually not have to use Twitter and figure out what's happening in Perth. But as with all things, when you build off, I guess, like a, a third-party platform, things could change in an instant. So right. Twitter announced one year that they were going to do three lots of um, API changes. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yep. F- survived the first one, survived the second one, third one, site went dead. So, so you could no longer grab like the hashtag Perth not, or not, something. Yeah, not in the same way. Website. So I couldn't yeah. couldn't pull the tweets the same way that I was. So oh, no. the option was build another build the website and, and figure out what the API change is and rinse and repeat and go again. Yep. Or from the I guess the um, relationships I built with other Twitter users, other bloggers, um, and the media that I started doing sponsored content with and stuff like that, and clients. Or do I evolve that brand and think about how I can take that next step? Because mm. when you think of Tweet Perth, it's not really going to, I guess, resonate on Facebook as much right. as on Twitter yes. and Instagram, etc. So that's when I was like, all right, well, let's look at how we can expand the idea of creating that. So I guess like sort of local voice and local um, pulse and give it a, a brand that's going to be able to expand over different platforms. 
So what, what was your thinking there that you might be able to pull some of the top content from other channels into the one place or was it to continue with Twitter, bringing that on to a different platform? How are you going to achieve that? So the main goal was to effectively – I had really good relationships with a lot of, I guess, like local content producers, mm-hmm. um, a lot of like local bloggers and stuff like that. So I had – and because I had such a larger audience than them, I was like, well, if you want to write some content right. for me, um, that'd be great. We yep. could both work together. So in the early days of when I made that transition from essentially Tweetperf to Soperf, there was yep. a lot of involvement from local bloggers. Nice. So um, you were giving them an audience. Exactly, yeah. access to an audience and you were fulfilling your content. Correct. Content. And whenever uh, clients would come wanting sponsored content, it would be like, all right, well, you guys are my content producers. So then here you go. Like, you guys can, I guess, produce that content. So it worked quite well, but it got to a point where I started needing to ramping up content. So it's just like, well, I'm going to have to take the reins and, and start writing a lot of content myself to really right. keep up and, exp- and to get this where we want to go. Yeah. So, yeah. so was that a concept you'd seen success elsewhere or was it something you... To be honest, know? I actually hadn't like researched like other platforms or where that was going. I was just, I sort of just had a, a goal of what I wanted to create and I just yep. sort of went for it. But obviously you can see over in the East Coast with the other, I guess, like new media platforms that has... Um, definitely eventuated and, and built out over there as well. So mm. I was definitely on the right path. Sure. There are some reasonable sized businesses with the likes of like Urban List and right, yeah. that kind of thing where they do just, they're just a content machine yeah. in that specific hospo vertical yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it can be big business, huh? Yeah, exactly. And even on the, I guess like the national sort of level, your punkies and junkies and, and stuff like that, um, mm. especially from like the so binge angle that we're sort of creating that can sort of, I guess that's sort of following that kind of that lifestyle-y entertainment sort of platform so yeah it, it is it's definitely big business if you can if you can get that traffic and get that fan base yeah yeah and so talking about the fan base who who is that who are the sort of some people who want to consume that kind of content and are happy to sit yeah. there and read articles about their town like uh for us it's predominantly 25 to 39 year olds so we have i guess like a slightly sort of i guess older demographic as opposed to i guess i think Overless is probably a little bit younger yep um but yeah that's where our main demographic is which is great because when you're talking to brands they're the people that they want to hit. They want to hit that millennial market, and that's where we're falling. That real sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, what's the what's the sort of gap that you're feeling there for for those twenty five to thirty nine year olds? Like that content that that you're yeah. producing for them. Where I guess initially because we had what the three big news news media publishers in okay. town, and all they would be talking about is news, and I guess like the Hollywood sort of style of rumors and stuff, mm. and. So I think there was always that fix of what's going to be like the local story that's going to be relevant to them or what's the best places to go do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And when those, I guess, um, platforms try and be like what we're being, it doesn't get received as much because it doesn't seem as, I guess, like sort of genuine. Yeah, right. In that sort of sense. Because um, the engagement that we'll get creating a content piece compared to what they'll get based on the same sort of stuff, it yep. doesn't, doesn't compare. So like the the messages in the medium in a way, like Correct, if you're yeah. reading something in the West by Rob Broadfield, it doesn't have that grassrootsy aspect. Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously they're going for that sort of more high-end, I guess, probably older demographic with the Rob mm. Broadfield as opposed to we have our local uh, foodie blogger who goes out there and she's on the gram instantly. Um throughout the week just because she loves loves doing it. So I think that probably comes across. For your customers, so your, your paying customers are the brands that want to that want to reach your audience. Correct, what's, yeah. the, what's the real value proposition for them? I think it comes back to being marketers first. So it's not just creating a story just for the sake of creating a story. It's like, well, what's your objectives? How can we work with you and actually hit your KPIs or whatever, whatever your goals might be for the campaign? And 
having the research and the insights to be able to go, well, we can do content analysis and research and say if we create an article around this yep. and we'll target these people and we'll give you XYZ Facebook spend and you'll get XYZ frequency and click and we'll estimate it all up. So they get essentially a, a marketing package back that, yeah, right. that actually gives them, I guess, an actual overview of what the success is going to look like yep. as opposed to we can just create an article that might look good. Yeah. yeah, and the results are nebulous. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going to – yeah, and that's yeah. the amazing thing about digital writers. You do have that measurability yeah, and yeah. you can show exactly what that ROI yeah. is. And it's also like going to thinking outside the box, going, oh, we build chatbots so they can go, well, we can build a chatbot and we can do X, Y, Z with it as a, like a difference to just doing a sponsored article campaign or creating a video or whatever it might be. That's so like cool, Thinking yeah. about other ways that you can create that more immersive experience. So chatbots are something that people have been talking about for a few years now. Yeah. Uh, what are the sort of success stories that you have from oh, chatbots? Implementing love them. them. Um, so, for example, one we're just building our email database at the moment on autopilot. Yeah, is, awesome. Love autopilot, a, which is just amazing. All we have to do is to put copy into our Facebook post, getting people to, if they want to, to call to action saying press this emoji in the comments, and then it will fire up the bot, and then they can insert their emails, and then bang, they're on our email list. Wow. So just like doing simple stuff like that, it allows us to exponentially grow our email database without having to do anything other than set it up in the background. So it's a paid ad where you're reaching new audience members in Facebook? No, it's just organically through the actual post. So every time like if we post an Instagram photo that we know is going to go crazy on Facebook, we just put a love heart emoji if you want to join our email list and get more Perth in your inbox, for example. Yeah. Um, And then people comment with the heart emoji, then it fires at the bot and they insert the email and so it's like a, they get a messenger yeah message? facebook messenger yeah yep. Huh, that's so yeah. cool yeah so stuff like that um yep. we've done when we we're i guess like australia was shut down with the pandemic mm-hmm. we launched so binge and we did that off the back of doing um i guess live quiz nights um, yep. through como yeah and by doing that we actually created facebook chat bots which got people to subscribe and all they had to do is like you put it put it in an article you send it out people click the link it activates messenger do you want to sign up for the Friends Live Quiz Night? It's happening on 8.30 Monday night. Yep. We'll send you an alert as the game goes live. Click yes. And then we've got the audience in the background and fires off the message to them. Yeah. At 8, 8.28 on Monday night. And then they just go from there, jump in, hit the link and play the game. Those quiz nights, those online quiz nights mm. were so fun during lockdown. Yeah, and, and like everyone was loving it. was a community it. thing. To, yeah. You know, had that real vibe that, you know, you felt like you're still part of a community even though you're locked Yeah, exactly. And, and the amount of bands that it brought online and yeah. it was great. And, and by from doing that initiative, we grew like an email database of 10,000 within, within a few weeks. Amazing. Um, so I was just trying to think of different ways that you can, I guess, make the most out of, out of um, different, different technologies and, and different trends, I guess. Yeah. Who would you say is your perfect customer? Perfect customer. I think one that just wants to have, a, I guess, a bit of fun and do something a bit different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're more than happy to obviously keep doing the, I guess, sponsored content and stuff like that. But yep. um, we definitely, as I said, like, as I said, like with the chat bots and stuff like that, we'd love to do things that are a bit more experimental and, and I guess, a bit more strategic and thought out. Because yeah. um, I understand that we live in a, I guess, like a fast-paced digital world where you need to actually get out and do a campaign and it has to run for like two or three weeks because you've got objective in that two or three weeks to, mm-hmm. to sell or do X, Y, Z. But I'd much rather do stuff that would go six months, 12 months and, and be able to weave everything in together and, and make sure we go, well, here's the audience. You can remarket to this audience and we'll keep feeding in great content that keeps building that. Yeah. Et cetera. So. That's the thing, mate. Like truly great marketing is a process, mm-hmm. not a project. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. doing it just to get the short-term sugar rush, 
you know, it'll feel good at the time, yeah. but it's not Great, actually yeah. growing your business in a long-term sense. Correct, yeah. It's not creating a new yeah. system in your business, which is and that like, grow. Yeah, like that investment that you make up front, kind of gets wasted yeah year you make great great results but then there's no there's no follow-up and no building on that so like you can definitely make that, that initial investment work harder by having yep. just like extended uh, strategic campaign on top of it yeah so your ideal customer you know doesn't necessarily have a specific vertical or you know demographic it's a it's a frame of mind almost correct yeah, customer yeah for you guys. definitely yeah yeah that's really great um so you're currently in the process of a crowdfund? Yes, correct. On virtual? Yeah, with virtual, yeah. How are you finding that process? They, It's great. They say it's going to be a heap of work. You'll, you guys are going to be swamped. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We got this. Then, <laughs> yeah, it was a heap of work and we definitely got swamped. But uh, the response was great. Um, we didn't really know what to expect going in as in regards to the response that we got from our audience. Um, but what made us decide that it was a no-brainer to jump in was well, we have a, a highly engaged audience. We have guess people that are loyal and supportive of us um so it felt like a no-brainer to go all right let's oh, give it a try there's the crowd yeah we, we got the crowd and like obviously we haven't had to invest too much in facebook advertising if any to to drive the i guess like expressions of interest that we got yeah. we're able to rely on that community to get us where we wanted so that's that's very encouraging yeah no it's wonderful to hear um and this yeah like virtual you're sort of seeing more of it around the crowdfunding yeah. It was a bit of a – it seemed a little bit gimmicky a few years ago when it was actually more not even mm. crowd equity funding. It yeah. was the old school like um, Kickstarter and Correct. things. Correct, yeah, yeah. What is it about what virtual's doing now that is sort of making it a little bit more legitimate, do you think? Uh, I think they've, I guess, aligned themselves with some good brands to bring on board to start with. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, they did like the Bunsters, the Hot Sauce, which kind of everyone True. knows. Yeah. Um, but they just made the process nice and, nice and easy mm-hmm. for – or for us anyway, just to get involved and, and be able to, I guess, not have to worry about the legalities of everything because we work with their legal team to make sure everything's above board. Yep. So they essentially have that sort of hierarchy and over place to make sure that... So they really do hold your hand through the process a little bit. Yeah, definitely, and, and crack the whip as well, which is great. Wow, that's <laughs> what you want. <laughs> um, oh, well, that's awesome to hear yeah. that you guys are getting smashed by it um, yeah. in a good way yeah. and, you know, really exciting for, yeah. for you guys and for Perth um, and for tech in, in the area. Um, what so what? What are your plans to do with the with the equity when yeah, you raise so it? Like what do you if, want to do? Uh, hopefully, if all goes to plan, we'll launch maybe next week with our investment round. Yep. Um, but the great thing about it is, I kind of feel like where so media group is at the moment it's like you kind of just like lit the fuse of a, of a firework, so it's just like slowly burning to the point where it's going to explode in a good way. Yeah. Um, because we're at the moment where we're going to essentially double down on where. So Perth, so we're next, and so binges, and give them the content and the distribution that it that it deserves. Right. Um, so we can expand on our current platforms. But I guess the the exciting thing is is moving into the into the Sydney into and Melbourne as a as a high priority, and and acquiring assets in there to I guess expand aggressively. Yeah, fantastic. And then so Sydney and so Melbourne. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then look at um, an esports vertical as well. Oh, in the scopes. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Esports. <laughs> What a world. Yeah. Bananas. Which is, yeah, it's just crazy at the moment. That, that's yeah. what's And it doesn't seem to be like, I guess, there is new media for localised in Perth or entertainment platforms across Australia. There doesn't really seem to be like an eSports, I guess, platform that's mm. kind of pulling it all together and that one sort of localised voice um, yep. across whatever platform it needs to be. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, so Are you a bit of a gamer yourself? 
Uh, I dabble in a bit of two K and FIFA okay. personally. So yeah. yeah, that's that's probably about my limit. But um, business partner Jason's more into the esports side of things than yep. than I am. But yeah, definitely NBA and and FIFA's where I'm at. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Jason's on the board of startup WA yes, yeah. with me. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's really cool. He's part of the journey now as well, and has been driving yeah. the, driving the race. Very cool. Cracking the whip as well. So yeah, no, <laughs> he's, um, it's been great to have him on board because we we actually think alike as well, but yeah. at the same time differently, and we come from sort of different sides of of the fence when it comes to like. Uh, I guess the direction of where we're going to take the company. So it's good to have that back and forth, but have someone on the same, I guess, uh, same trajectory as where you want to take it. Um, like we've been able to grow exponentially since he's come on, which is great. So good, and I can just I can feel the energy. Like you, you've got an awesome year ahead of you. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of great things coming down the pipeline for yeah. you guys. So. Yeah, thanks, man. That will <laughs> very cool. Um, one big piece of advice that you would share for other founders looking to grow or just starting out. So, I definitely think. I guess we're coming from a different perspective. We're not really a product as such, but for us, it's it's all been about audience and community. Like mm-hmm. that's had to be built first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But I understand coming from, I guess, like a potentially a product startup, that's the hardest thing to acquire and to actually build and engage. So, for me, it's. But I guess if you probably look at the experiences that I've been through, it's trial and error. Yep. Like I'm all self-taught, so yep. everything I had to do, I either stuffed it up and then learned how to rebuild something, break a website, rebuild it again. But you got in and gave it a crack. But I got in and gave it a crack and crack and, and actually, yeah, just made made the most of, I guess, being self-taught, watching heaps of YouTube videos, all that sort of stuff, reading lots all of All the information's there. Yeah, yeah. and you just got to get in and have that experience and, yeah. and figure out how to do it for yourself. No, two really important points, mate. And and but I think the first one's still really relevant for product founders yeah. or anything because the closer you are to your customer, and the I mean you were your customer essentially yeah, when yeah. you started it. Yeah. The closer you are and the and the more in depth you understand mm. the motivations and the way that they make decisions, the better you're gonna the better the product is yeah. that you're gonna create for them. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um we may have a question or two from the audience. Uh, Jack, did you want to jump on the mic over here and? Sure. <laughs> uh, question from Jenny around community building. Um, yeah. Obviously, community is a big part of So Perth. Um, her question was like, what are the pillars to building a community? The pillars to building a community. Oh, I, I guess there are pillars. They could just be stumps or stumps or yeah, <laughs> I guess it could be sort of, I guess the way she's asked the question could be multiple ways. Like, is it through content pillars? Is that what it is? Or is it through pillars of how you actually research your content, yeah. uh, the strategy that you, you I guess, implement? Um, but for us, it's actually been a lot of content research. Okay. So, what does that involve? So that involves us actually making sure that when we write a content piece, it's going to work. Right. Because we're quite low capacity we have a small and mighty team but yep. we didn't make sure if we're going to invest time in writing an article for it's an hour and a half on. it's going to be on on point and it has to work across google and it has to work across facebook okay um because if you do that then organically you're going to build your community so how do you figure out what what's the right thing to create all right you just have i mean yeah it obviously helps to have the the tools um that we have uh, on hand but just doing research into what your competitors are doing um 
to see what has worked and what hasn't worked for them because that's yeah. your best place to start. Okay. But then if it's a, in a specific vertical of content type, it's then figuring out what's working in that content discussion or content type. Even looking at comments to find out what people are talking about because they might go, they might be asking a question about the content content which it doesn't answer so yeah. it's like well that's the perfect bit of content you need to write yeah so again being with. close to your customer yeah yeah okay but i think community also starts with your website because that's where all the traffic you're going to be generating goes right so that's you your owned piece of yeah, real estate exactly yeah so yeah. you need to be able to hit people back on emails and and be able to remarket them based on facebook pixels yep yep um so for me yeah community i mean how do you build a community yeah i think it's definitely around making sure the content sticks love 100%. it percent yep um, all right. Well, the other thing that we do on Weird Growth is yep. um, we ask to a little show and tell. So it's all like right. your uh, favourite tool or device or process or whatever that yep. you use in your life that makes your life better that you oh, reckon geez, everyone so else should use. Favourite tool? Sumo is... I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I have. It's a powerful beast. Um, highly recommend that. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, what do you... Helps a lot with content research. Yeah, right. Um, uh, that's definitely one of the, the top tools that we have. But one thing that's actually changed my life is uh, Superhuman, the email client. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, right. I'm one of those people that's guilty of having a massive inbox. Yep. Um, and that's just, yeah, alleviated that issue and... It's just made, like, for example, when you're out and about and you're reading an important email, yep. you go, oh, yeah, I'll get back to that when I get to the office. Yep. You can just, like, do a swipe and it goes, and when you get back to your desktop, it will then come straight up to the top. Oh, wow. That, okay. Just That's like cool. that alone just changed my, changed my life. You don't need to have that yeah. sort of, like, cognitive load of having to remember to go back. Yeah, because you'll jump email. on your email straight away and there'll be another email sitting there and you'll be like, oh, we'll get onto that. And then you just completely, you might forget, completely forget. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, that's only, is that still only a plug-in for Gmail? Yeah, it's okay. a plug-in for Gmail, but it completely changes how Gmail works. It's yeah, amazing. Well, <laughs> oh, we use we use Exchange. We're pretty old school, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I listen to Jason Calacanis, and he's always banging on about superhuman. Yeah, like I, I was skeptic as well. I was like, but yeah, yeah it change it completely changes email. And that was that's been a massive yeah massive change for us. Yep. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, mate. Thank like you. I so could, yeah, Buzz could, Sumo and Superhuman. I could talk about it a million different apps, but yeah, these two are amazing. Yeah, we'll do yeah. another episode just where you share all your yeah apps exactly and tools. yeah yeah. All right, that's cool. Um, well, I think that's pretty much. <laughs> That's been fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is so much more we could talk about, maybe <laughs> for another time. But yeah. congratulations and Thanks, like, mate. Um, all the best for the for the next few months on the raise. It's very exciting. Um, is there a final plug or ask of anyone that you, that's out there listening? You like them to? No, just uh, I guess just watch out for the uh, investment round that's going to be coming up. Yep. Um, jump in, support us, come on the journey yep. of building a what we hope to be Australia's biggest new media platform. Yep. So and if people want to find out more, where would they go? Uh, they can just go to our website, soperf.com.au, because we've pretty much got it all there, or just go to the virtual um, yep. crowdfunding page. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Weird Growth. Uh, if you enjoyed today, please do subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, even YouTube. We're on video, three angles. Um, so thanks so much for listening. If you really like us, you can leave us a review. Um, but until next time, bye-bye. Bye.